1: Welcome to the Pants Party. Your host, Harrison Starr, joined by Ben Ross, Harmon Chillabrew, per usual. And this is a, a special episode um, because we are uh, doing a live opening of my NBA Top Shot pre order pack. Um, we've got a couple viewers. I wish I could see who they were and shout them out as good, uh, you know, a good Twitch. Streamer does, I guess, but uh, sorry. Thank you for joining, um, Ben. How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to see. I'm glad we have sort of an event tonight because for as much preparation as I did for last week's pod, I did. I've done less than zero for this week's. Um, so I'm glad we have your content to take 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 some of that heat off of me.
1: Well, Ben, I, I think that. It's what it is. It's the off-season. That's what we're doing. We're we're mining for content. Opening this pack is that... um, I think it bears mentioning... um, Before we get too far into it, I need to own up to just a horrible prediction that I had. I thought that Luca Garza's uh, non-fungible token would go... I'll say it, over-under. I thought it was going to be right at $100,000. And... (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that you were with... approximately a quarter off.
1: No, I was. Or percent off. You guessed a quarter. Oh, did it close higher than twenty five thousand? Yeah, it ended up at forty thousand. Um, oh, what? I thought it was yeah. stalled.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I watched it for like seven minutes, and for all seven of those minutes, it was stuck at twenty five, like four ninety four.
1: Ah, well, the thing about it was, it was like they had like fifteen minute. Uh, what you call it? Uh, so whoever they were bidding against each other, they they could um decide whatever they wanted to do. They could bid it up. So I guess you must have been there for some of the seven minutes when it was stuck. So okay, weird. That's that. Anyways, we got Thad. Um, I'll post this to my YouTube channel after. Uh, I I think that uh, we'll go ahead and just. I know, right? I just feel like such a, a weird person doing this, Ben. So I'm going to walk you through. I have my collection. It is basically uh, San Antonio Spurs in their Fiesta jerseys. Uh, got a Devin Vassell three-pointer, Kelvin Johnson dunk, Rudy Gay dunk. Uh, I got my Zion Williamson jump shot. This is my favorite thing. I told Ben about this. We're watching this right now. And this is him basically being a freight train and a swan at the same time. So that's probably my favorite one that I have. And then uh, we have the packs. So the packs, Mister Thad, excuse me, Mister Nelson,
0: uh, he was going to get mad if so.
1: One of let his me, let me, let me. St- yeah, go ahead, Ben.
0: Let me stop you. So you're about to open a pack. Do you know mm-hmm. how many are? In, do you know how many are in it?
1: Yeah. So when you order a pack, you. Know the number that you're gonna get. So for this one, it is three uh, regular highlights that we'll get. Um, so then
0: I'm glad you said regular because you said that. Yeah. So there's no chance you get like a LeBron dunking over Kevin Durant. You don't get something elite in this pack. You can't. You won't get a. You can't be surprised by a holographic Charizard. You are going to get three Squirtles, and you're gonna like it.
1: The Squirtles can be good Squirtles, but right. yeah, I mean, you, you know that,
0: uh, but there's a 0% chance of getting a really, really great something though. Yes. That's, that's a bummer. For- why do uh, they do
1: that? They do that because these packs are $9. That's why they do this. There was one pack that was recently released for $1,000, and I'm going to be honest and say that is way too steep for me to pay.
0: It's too steep for most people here.
1: And that's what, and that's where you get the the super good ones. But, uh, the thing about this, there are ones where like Lamella ball is big on top shot. Why? I don't know. I guess it's because he's probably going to win rookie of the year. Um, but if we're being honest, if I get a Lamella ball, I'm going to be thrilled. And then I'm probably going to sell it because, uh, not necessarily my cup of tea. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see. Um, And we are going to go ahead and get into this now. So opening the pack. And it says, open your pack. Yes. Oh, that is loud. All right. So we have three blank ones. Let's go ahead and reveal the far left. Oh, common three-pointer from Devin Booker. So, this is actually a good one. Oh, Woo! Um, and it was a, quote, late triple, uh, where Devin Booker uh, led the Phoenix Suns over a win against the Dallas Mavericks. A high serial number, 33-939 out of 3,500, but a good player and a good highlight. Now, what I do is I go to the far right, and then I'll reveal the middle uh, in a second. Oh, a steal. From Matisse Stiebele, they lost this game, so immediately uh, down from me, and then he gets a dunk. Uh, so there's that. All right, Ben. Devin Booker, Matisse Thibelet. Um That's not any how you thoughts? his last
0: name, is it?
1: I believe it's Stiebele, or maybe I it's Stiebel.
0: I don't I know. Think it's I, I think it's Stiebel.
1: I think whenever a an athlete has the opportunity to pronounce their name in a with the flourish, they should take mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. um, if I'm T. thiboulet I, I do do a Thiboulet and not Thiboulet. But I think you're right. Uh, now we're to the middle one. Uh, Brooklyn three-pointer Landry Chimay. I think he's actually Shamit. Um They won this game <laughs> big. And we look at this, and, you know, from a full-pack standpoint, i um, going to be honest, uh, really happy with the Devin Booker. And then the other two. Little bit of duds, but um, you know what? You take what you can get
0: in this, Ben. That's all I'll say about that. So with the uh, Matisse one you mentioned, it's the game is from a losing effort. Does that affect the value? I don't know. I think
1: it's okay. The, it, it affects the value for me, to be honest.
0: And then that's all that matters.
1: I know. So it's like the classic: if I. Am less disappointed, um, or more disappointed than I'm more likely to sell it. Maybe people like it, but I think that uh, Mr. Thibel is uh, not quite from from a what do you call it value standpoint. I think it's a little low as is Shamit's, um, but Devin Booker. I think that one. We'll keep an eye on these. We'll so have you, on well, these. have
0: you looked at what they're worth yet? Oh, do we want to do that? Let's do that. All right. I mean, yeah, let's see what you're worth. Let's see if I'm All coming right. over to your place to rob you or not. <laughs> coming, coming over to my
1: uh, non fungible token wallet. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Let's go into moments. We'll break the hell out of that blockchain. Uh, Devin Booker. All right. Let's see. Oh, I guess that's funny. He's the second Booker in my. Uh... Oh, boy. Uh, the baby is sad. All right, so this one, the lowest ask is a whole sixteen dollars, um, according to Evaluate.Market. So you know what, uh, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. Already got my money back. Um, then let's go with Landry Shamit. I really hope his name. I don't know. I said it both ways. So three pointer, one twenty nine. Do do do. Oh. This one's thirteen dollars. So interesting, interesting. Um, You've already m-
0: almost tripled your money.
1: I know. What what a what a world this is. Now let's now let's find Mister A slash Um Oh, and he had the steel, the base set, six dollars. Mm. So. Um, like I said, you, t- you take what you can get. Uh, the landry Shamit one's a little little more than I, I expected it to be. And the Devin Booker one is a little less than I thought it would be. So, all in all, it evens out.
0: All right. Good pot, everybody. See you later. <laughs> Congrats. I'm very happy. For, oh, I mean, I- I'm very nothing. You know, it's exciting stuff. When's your next purchase? When's the next drop? Um, and that's what this is, right? You're chasing the high. Now, you have to wait till then. you got to the
1: high. So, I mean, now what I'm probably going to do is uh just keep an eye out. Um, what they do of late is they've done these pre-orders. This is the second pre-order they've had. Um and that was both for $9 ones Um, they had the $999 one. um, And I think uh, they might've had a $14 one that I'm, Oh, here's what they had. They had a double that we talked about, I believe Ben, where it was the 50,000 pack drop. They sold it as like two 25,000 pack drops. But really if you were outside of 50,000, you're you're in trouble. So um that's that's what that is uh for the NBA top shot update, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this stream up, Ben. I, I don't know. Uh as we just record this live, see what's going on. And uh Thad does agree that Booker is, is the nice one of, of the three. Um so I, I, I'm happy about that. And he's my second Devin. Did I did I already say that Ben? Who's the
0: other Devin Devin Vassell from the Spurs with his uh, three-pointer. I, I know so few NBA players. It is truly – it's crazy. I wonder – I think I can name 10. Do, do, do outside have, of the
1: 10 that are on, on on the screen that we just talked about?
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even name – dude, I don't know if I could have <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to name Devin Booker. Yeah. Um, Thiebel, the Thiebel play for was did he do something in the tournament? Because that name was super familiar. That's why I, but I wouldn't have been able to name him. You know, of the ten I, players I name, they're all all stars. I'd probably I, name LeBron James think that's twice.
1: Most people, I don't think. Um, I mean, where where did Thiebel go to college? I feel like he went to Washington. Yeah, Washington. So Washington's one of the most interesting programs in my opinion because the amount of talent they can bring in there is quite high because seattle's a pretty good basketball town but lorenzo romar just basically forgot to coach ivy yeah and then that's what happened with iowa state in a way it's like they were bringing in all this nba talent but they couldn't Put a team together.
0: weren't they in two or three seed really recently? And then did their point guard like break his hand right like in the practice before the tournament, something crazy like that? And then they lost in the second round at second yeah second round I think. That
1: reminds me of a, a team that we're a fan of, Ben. I kind
0: of wish <laughs> my guard, wish <laughs> your point guard broke his hand. Um, yeah, everything else is fucking broken. Oh my god! I don't wish uh, that. It's just no I know, but I kind of do. Uh, I'm so sick of talking about this, our point guard and the team he plays for.
1: Oh boy! Well, should we should we roll into a quick basketball update before? Talking... I mean, yeah, there's
0: there's more to talk about his the team. So yeah, we have to talk about it.
1: <laughs> so, so we mentioned uh, the Luca Garza NFT, and that income officially, uh, you know, makes it so that he won't return. Um Nunjie was gone when we talked last time and now we have two two guys who are up in the air and Wieskamp camp officially declaring for the NBA draft but keeping his um eligibility. I thought it was interesting that he mentioned that he had graduated though. I will say that much.
0: What foot dry foot with Wieskamp camp. I mean least surprising thing of all time. I don't even consider it news. Like it's I don't as of this right now I think it's up on the website. I'm not going to put it up. It's like, just at this point, it's just, I think is, I think everybody should go and do, do the Cal Perry thing. Then he makes his walk-ons go and do it, right? Like, why wouldn't you go and get evaluated? Why would, if you're Joe Toussaint, I mean, you're rehabbing, I guess, but why wouldn't you go and get evaluated by the NBA? It, it seems like it's something everybody should do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a... No-brainer, if you're anything close to NBA talent, get get an opinion from someone who isn't your coach. And, I mean, these teams are largely, it would seem like, happy to oblige, even if it's, yeah, I haven't watched one second of you, or I only know who you are because I was watching Player X on your team. Um, because, hey... Your your coach can tell you a truth, but sometimes it's
0: easier to hear it from a quote unquote objective source. I believe in I believe in nose blindness. I believe, you know, I I smell things or I can't smell things in my apartment that strangers can smell when they walk in and they're, I'm sure and I think that that goes for everything in life, you know, you just need a fresh pair of eyes, ears hands, nostrils on any anything um, that you think is worth a damn uh, for, for how you will make your living. So I firmly believe in that. I do want to spell the T on something you might have said about Camp. did or did yes. not say in our Slack. So do you uh, I'm going to let you make that declaration unless you want me to do it for you.
1: Oh, is it just my grad transfer question yes. mark? Yes, yes. I mean, I don't think that yeah i, it's I a possibility it's but right. i i i did find it very interesting that he mentioned explicitly that he had graduated from college um which good for him like i mean that to be clear that is awesome um, i don't
0: think I'm not getting as hung up as on it as you are. I don't think it's a weird thing to say at all i when I graduated, i wanted to tell everybody so <laughs> good enough he yeah, can't blame Great him. point yeah <laughs> got me there ben
1: got me there so I mean, I think when we look at his prospects, my view on it is the only way he can have a great 2022-23 is if he's awesome in college, but the chance of that is maybe a little lower than we'd like to think. So just go ahead and get started on on his quote-unquote journey um, to the NBA now, because maybe he does catch on in the next year and a half or two.
0: Yeah, I mean I would love to see him back, I think him coming back puts Iowa on a trajectory um that's an entire step uh higher than without him even without knowing who else is or is not returning to the team. Um at the at the same time I don't know enough about him or the sport of basketball or the sport of the NBA rather to know what is and is not a good decision for him. I mean, look at the Ty- Tyler Cook. Ever was he? Was he even officially a tra- draft pick? Oh no, he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't. I mean, he- so, so like if Wieskamp Camp can go and do what Cook is doing, why not? And maybe even have um, a, a timeline that's one year accelerated compared to Cook. Which I, I, without again, without knowing a thing, if you were to tell me, you know, Wieskamp Camp would get. The contract that Cook got a year earlier, I'd say that sounds about right. Because this is three years now for Cook. Um, not, to, not to use pejorative, but mucking it up in the G League and mm-hmm. finally getting rewarded with a contract that, that, that's that been three years, right? And great. It's good for him. You know, in hindsight, him leaving. I always thought, I thought him leaving was the right decision. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, and three years, not, not a huge... And you're making money in those three years, too. So... It's not like you're just scumming it up, making decent oh yeah money. exactly more, more than decent money. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: I, I we camps in the position of not having a bad decision to make. I, I think is ultimately what where I yeah. stand with him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, do we want to talk, uh, Bo Hannon, or we do we want to talk about missing out on Liam R- Liam Robbins?
0: Or <laughs> both. Then, let's say, well, save save our vegetables for last. First, we should say. Nunji is going to Xavier. I don't think we saw oh, that yes, last yes. week. Going to Xavier. A little surprised. It's about a three-hour drive from where he is, but great. I think that's the best of... I always thought uh, Bowling Green were, was where he's going to end up, um, based on my very light Uh Xavier, fine. Great. I think it's a fantastic move for him. Yeah,
1: basketball-wise, I mean, I think that that's very exciting for him, playing in the Big East, playing... You know, to me, the difference between three hours and six hours is huge. Um, he can shoot home whenever he wants. His his family can come up and watch a game, not have to necessarily work, worry about finding a hotel every time like you would uh, going from Evansville to Iowa. So for him, it's definitely, definitely nice. I guess the, the thing I want to know is over, under, one point five Xavier basketball games you watch next year. Um, can I look up their schedule and then answer that question? Uh, I mean, it's a big East schedule. I don't think they have any of the non-conference stuff necessarily.
0: I guess Unless, preseason tournament.
1: Probably. How many? They do have mean,
0: that? Uh, I, does this include the postseason? Yeah, let's include the postseason. Then I'll take the over. Okay. I mean, let's say they make attorney, and let's say they have an exciting first round, an exciting January or excuse me November tournament. So I'd say yeah, I, over one and a half. I'm very comfortable with saying. Yeah, and I have, their schedule's not even out yet for next year.
1: Yeah. Um, I have uh, banners on the parkway. The Xavier. SB Nation site and um, really for for them their prognosis is if he's they say at the end he's everything that Xavier needed to add all in one player he just has to stay healthy Um, and that is 100% the case for him and if, if he's able to stay healthy I think he's going to be a hell of a college basketball player and that's why it stinks to lose him but it's one of those things where you're, you're never going to fall the kid under the circumstances that he had for
0: making the decision he did. Meanwhile, Iowa could really use a center, especially one that could stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which brings us to the the search. Riley Mulvey, um, what do you think
0: about Iowa bringing a guy forward? I know so little about this Mulvey kid. Uh, here's what I do know. I do know that he – I saw a picture of him – as a sophomore than a picture of him now and it is he is 100 pounds heavier and six inches taller like it the, per, the first photo i saw didn't look like him at all so that was encouraging after that i know so little about him he's a four star right is there any consensus four star or is he three on the fringe
1: high three from from okay. my understanding
0: so basically he just decided to graduate high school a year early, right? He's going to enroll in Iowa a year early, but he's already old to begin with.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the exact way to put it, I would say.
0: So, fine, I guess. Does that sh- – I mean, at the at the same time, we can be angry or upset, like uh, shut the door on Robbins, which sounds like since Robbins has fallen his uncle, we weren't going to get him anyway, no matter what. So, I, I'd come to that. Maybe shut the door on other – you know, the Serbian from South Dakota or North Dakota—I can't remember which one. Um, maybe he's closing the door on that. Like, I don't care really, one way or the other, if this movie kid coming can play right away and be a contributor, or if him coming here early turns him into the next Luca Garza. I mean, I think it's stupid to try and, and try and game theory it. You know, uh, looking at it this way too, it opens up in a scholarship too uh d- down the road um for Iowa or so like I don't I, I'm you know I haven't watched a second of his high school highlights I really like I said I haven't done any of the homework at all when I first saw the news I thought it was a grad transfer from uh division II school in New York is what I honestly thought at first and I was like oh great <laughs> so I think this situation is even better so I, I that's probably why I'm so um optimistic about it
1: yeah, I'm more optimistic than pessimistic. I think that the way I viewed the him making the decision was that Fran felt good about maybe getting one of the two grad transfers he was pursuing but not both of them. So, now I guess all of the uh, all of the eggs go into the Philip Rabraka bucket. Um but yeah, I mean, he's a he's a dude. Like Iowa needs I mean, guys even, down low.
0: Not even the Rebecca Brad Lula, the, the the Rebucket now, if you will. Like there are still five guys from University of Minnesota who haven't signed it, who haven't, who are still in the nether regions of the portal. There is a couple. Isn't there a big from Indiana who's still in the, or mm-hmm. a guy who who left uh, Indiana? Like I I don't know why. Like I said, we feel like the door is shut on getting a grad transfer. I just I just don't, unless unless there is some uh, scholarship um, finagling that I'm not privy to. That's fair. I guess I'm
1: thinking of someone who can come in and be high impact. I think Rebrac is the only guy that I can see that would be that type of player. But I think if you're looking at Bakari, Evelyn types for the post- Yeah, there are a ton of those out there for Iowa to get that can eat up 15, 20 minutes. You know, Agundale and Mulvey will have another 10 to 20, potentially. And then you fill in the gaps with Keegan Murray at the five, and that's probably – that's a post-rotation. I'm not going to
0: argue with that at all. No, not even a little bit. And, like – I mean, I, I mean, I'll just say, like, you know, that other big from Minnesota, he was a four-star recruit. I don't mm-hmm. think he's got anywhere yet. So, like, he could be a high-impact guy. We just don't know. <laughs> he was behind Liam Robbins this year.
1: Ah, uh, it all comes back to Liam Robbins. Just yeah. like it all comes back to Jordan Bohannon, the vegetables.
0: Oh. I. I well, what was the news with that? I guess he still hasn't. He's yeah i mean still, the- we're still talking about him
1: yeah. i think
0: i think he would listen to this dude because there's no way like he know he knows <laughs> he's got an audience out there because well it's like it's like logan paul only creates content because he's got haters it's like that that's what bohannon's doing and i wouldn't even classify us as haters i mean i guess you would have to after listening to our last podcast about him but or at least me Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's sort of how I feel about it. But what's the news with him? He just still isn't The news, the news is, is that
1: there's still news to come. To me Oh,
0: the, oh, a 22-year-old can't make a decision. No way. Like No.
1: <laughs> I mean, the thing that cracks me up about Bohannon is seeing the other guys return. Uh Brad Davison and Eli Brooks. And to me, it's like, ooh, if I'm reading the tea leaves, this means that Bohannon's definitely returning. But man, I just Iowa needs to change its style of play. And by that I mean Bohannon needs to change his style of play if if Iowa's gonna be good next year, because if he's like the the type of player that he's been his whole career, which is very offense-oriented defense optional. My fear is that we see all the young kids take after that in a similar fashion to how Peter Jock kind of instilled that offense first mentality and it turned them into a really good offensive team, but they were so selective defensively that it was just frustrating uh, for the rest of their tenure. So hopefully, hopefully he's just a gunner that if he has it, he he plays, he he makes shots, he works his tail off on defense. If he doesn't have it, then those minutes go elsewhere. And he's treated a little more like, for lack of a better comparison, like Joe Toussaint has been for the last year and a half, where the second he makes a mistake, he's uh, not necessarily given the opportunity to play through it like uh, the rest of the kids on his team. Because, like... To me, I was now a de- developmental team next year, um, short of Wieskamp coming back. And they're going to need to develop a different style of play than the one that they had this year. So, you know, on, on to the next one. That's kind of my, my thought. But I'm not going to turn down a 40% shooter because the team as constructed needs shooting.
0: <laughs> let, me, let me just read the third comment on Bucky's fifth quarter. Damn, oh. I'm, I'm trying not to be a jerk, but I was really hoping he would move on. I want the youth movement next year. I was looking forward to the young guys getting all the minutes and learning from trial by error. Brad is what he is by now, and I don't think him coming back improves the win total by that much, but we will see. Brad Davison or Jordan Bohannon comment?
1: I mean, yeah, that, that can be said for, for Jordan Bohannon or Brad Davison. I... I I think it's a – you are you know who your guys are that have been here for so long is ultimately the takeaway from that. And, like, the the thing that kind of cracks me up is, like, you look at Bohannon, you look at Davison, and you look at Brooks, and, like, Brooks is, to me, my guy – that kid's awesome because he's basically an undersized shooting guard, which is what you would like Bohannon to be. Can be a little bit of an offensive – the primary ball handler, but he's also a great shooter. He consistently takes you know the best perimeter player that Michigan's playing and he just scraps and he's not dirty like I mean Eli Brooks is the be- he's the combination of Bohannon and Davison that you're like I'll take him for next year because he can do what we need in any circumstance. And he's just a little small, so he's not going to make it in the NBA.
0: Davison or Bohannon? Oh, who that comment was about? Yeah, well, who was a little small. Oh,
1: Bohannon and Bruce. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. um,
0: Basketball. That was was a fun 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm over it. Until next week when Bohannon... Post another Mis- uh, another <laughs> hand on chin emoji, and we're gonna be talking about it then
1: <laughs> pretty much, pretty much um so then we look at football, and to me, the football thing was interesting because I thought for sure that uh, they would throw out Brian first so that he didn't have to answer any questions about quarterback after everyone saw him. I thought that was a no brainer. And that was my first takeaway. Is that a too hot of a take? So who they threw out first was Woods and. um... Yeah. So Woods, Copeland and Neiman were the guys we we heard from today.
0: Um, Well, I mean, Woods is good stuff? Woods is going to be a head coach someday. I'm not sure where. But I, I think Woods is great. I, I did read some of his stuff and stuff on Shudak and all of that. I know it kind of made me feel vindicated from last week uh, when I ranked special mm-hmm. teams as high as I did. Because it feels kind of silly, I guess, to bury Woods as a special teams coordinator. But it's at the same time, like, Sneaky is like, you know, maybe the... Third most important coordinator. I mean, yeah, third most important coordinator after offense, like third most important position coach, I guess after offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and then Woods at because think about how think about how great special teams was last year between Charlie Jones and Keith Duncan and Amir Smith Marset. You know, a lot of that obviously is the talent uh, of and and Tory Taylor. (laughs) So obviously that's a personnel thing um, too, but it's like. This, if this special teams look at it this way, is like, are they worth an extra? I don't know how to quantify it, but they worth an extra like three points a game because of LeVar Woods' coaching? Maybe. And that's pretty great.
1: I mean, is it? How hot of a take is it to say that LeVar Woods is the second most important coach on, on Iowa's staff?
0: I think the problem is, I'll say best, I'll say second best all day. Most important, okay. I, I, most important is just because, like, I don't know, it's like saying your, I don't know, is your, I'm trying to think of what's more important to you, like your left ear or your right arm, you know, just because of here you, you do a lot more with your right yeah. arm than your left ear, so that's that's the case for Brian Ferentz, an offensive coordinator. Um, would I like to see them maybe trade <laughs> positions for a year? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just uh, you know, offensive coordinator. Just they they get so much more limelight and everything like that. But yeah, I, I'll uh, I think LeVar Woods is by far the second best coach on the staff.
1: Yeah, because I mean, to to your point, I mean, is he he's the third best coach because Phil Parker, defensive coordinator, and then Phil Parker, uh, secondary Def- defensive backs coach, yeah, defensive backs coach. And then it's probably Woods, and then, I don't know. I feel like, I I think it's, I just, what, Iowa probably has five or six coaches who are within the same range, and then Brian's maybe the worst, and then you have Woods and and Parker above the the five or six.
0: Nothing to say of the longest tenured head coach in all of college football.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm keeping him out of of that. Yeah, um, But yeah, I mean, special teams for me with Iowa, it's it's just so important because you look back to that 2019 season and one, I think having such good special teams and by good special teams, Keith Duncan not missing the single field goal hyperbole, um, it allowed Iowa to basically play um, Kirk Ferentz's preferred game in the sense that they were so focused on ball control, so focused on not making mistakes at anywhere. That it was almost a bad thing. Like you almost look at like one of those Michigan games and the fact that Iowa was stalled outside of field goal range three or four times. It it's like just trying, and, try and not just get inside of Keith Duncan's range, but I don't know. It's, this was kind of the day where it's like, oh, maybe it is time to start getting excited for for Iowa football because you look at Woods, and then you talk about Neiman and Copeland, and those are um, maybe the two most uh, hype potential position coaches in terms of like getting to. Um, you know, peek behind the curtains from from guys that we're hearing hearing about, and Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce, and then the defensive line that seems to be making a little bit of a wave.
0: I mean, I want to go back even further, going back to the. I'm not done talking about LeVar Woods, uh, oh, okay. and, how, and how important he is. You go back to the guy the two guys who held the position before him. You know, Chris White. Oh. Yeah, Chris White fucked up as bad as you can as a coach at Iowa. Him and. Um, it was a Bobby, Bobby Kennedy was a receivers coach. They were, they were involved <laughs> yeah. They were, They were involved in, um, E Eno gate and then, <laughs> e- and then Lester herb before him, like before, before Chris white, like just two zeros at the position. And if it wasn't for Desmond King, uh, um, you really would have been in a, uh, the special teams would have been in a quagmire, um, and they had a really good long snapper too. He's still in the league. I'm pretty sure I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's with the Broncos. Um, Oh, Kreider. Casey Kreider. Casey Kreider. Kreider. Um, So it's like you just had – you look at – that's the way I see it is. You had two complete duds at special teams, and now you've got LeVar Woods, and we've got all Big Ten caliber players at all four four special teams positions, punt returner, kick returner, kickoff, or uh, place kicker, and punter. And then nothing to say for guys like Terry Roberts, who are who are studs at running down balls. So um, that's my Lavar Woods pedestal, and I can stop. I can get off of it now. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't. We can go back to the Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson comments. The the ones that came out to me today were Logan Jones, um, and then somebody in the in our Slack had even greater things to say about him, which was exciting. It made me. I think last week I mentioned I was a little bit scared about the interior of the defensive line, and that maybe, um, you know, I don't, I don't know uh, how that's gonna shake out anymore. But uh, I'm really, I don't take any stock of how, of what, of what coaches say about players preseason because what are they gonna do? <clears throat> say this guy's got a lot of work. He can't jump worth a shit. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just... That's sort of how I feel about it.
1: Well, I guess... I guess the difference is that um, if someone like Logan Jones were putting up the numbers he has and they were trying to Lo, coach him for Lo, Lo, the Logan media, Jones
0: is different because there's proof in the pudding in his weightlifting numbers. That's well, wonderful. how about
1: but like you look at like an Amani Jones and like the the rhetoric around him was always, yeah, he's a a workout warrior, but but can he make it click on the field? And Neiman coming out to your point, like he could frame it like that just to motivate him, but to come out and say, yeah, he's backing up what he does in the in the weight room. I mean that that means something, right?
0: Yeah, I guess I'm just jaded by twenty twenty thirteen or twenty twelve when we all thought Don Schumper was going to be a first team All Big Ten wide receiver, and then he wouldn't caught eight balls. So <laughs> that's just, that's just that's just where I'm at. I don't even know if he caught eight. Um, if you I think he literally that, caught eight. He, I'll look at that up when I'm done on my tirade. Um, you know, so I mean, and Shumpert had his track. You know, numbers were point two. Logan Jones, he has. Uh, his weightlifting. I mean, Amani, Amani, um, uh, was it Amani Jones? Uh, he mm-hmm. he had the weightlifting numbers too, but at the same time, he was just sort of it seemed like a positionless, uh, unfortunately, a man without a country. You know, too yeah. sort of too small to play linebacker. Too, excuse me, and, and at the same time, a little too too small to play defensive end. Like, should he have been playing on the interior more? Like, who? Who I mean, I don't know how to do the revisionist history on him because he he was so great um or he could have I felt like he could' have been so great and, and at the same time we also had enough film on Jones to be like nobody gets in a position to make it play better than him, and nobody screws it up you know the way he he was able to as well, so it, it's just there's gonna be so much there's so much green uh green around the gills with this. Uh, I mean, not so much, I guess, just with these particular guys, that's how it is with college football. Um, uh, like I said, I'm not buying any stock until we, we got Indiana. I'm not ready to clear anything until then. Oh boy. Oh boy. It feels early to start looking at the schedule.
1: I'm not even
0: even looking at the schedule. I'm just, you know, that's the... That's the, that's the, that's just all what, that's my calendar. It's between now, between now and Indiana. That's basically it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess the, the reason I feel encouraged is because you just look at the defensive line and it's like, there are just so many bodies and it feels like we're hearing enough good things about enough players that by the time you get there to indiana we're going to find out that hey you can you can construct a defense around this especially when you look at the back seven with the defensive backfield and linebackers that they have that you know i would they'll just need a defensive line that can do their job and i guess maybe that's the concern right is hey these kids a lot of them don't have a ton of game experience can they step up and immediately do their job? Um, maybe that's the concern, but it feels like we're hearing enough to start believing that they can find the right combination. Now I guess the con- the concern on that is can-, can they figure that out sooner or later?
0: I mean, if there's one thing I'm not worried about is Iowa finding bodies uh, in the trenches. I think – Zach Van Valkenberg and John Wagner, um, and then a, a third interior, and then either maybe not Joe Evans, but like if like I said, Logan Jones can figure it out, or another guy in the interior can just be serviceable, average to slightly above average, then I'm really not worried uh, about the defensive line. You know if but if you know uh, our tackles can just get plugged up one on one then that makes tough easier for or i mean that makes life easier life tougher uh, on the ends i guess uh, you know i'm just not as worried about this defense because of Phil Parker <laughs> going back to who's running it you know <laughs> i i just have a really tough time and then especially when we have guys like i mean i'm more i'm more worried than if we have really soft interior lineman that that makes Jack Campbell's life tougher you know I, I, go, I talk about this every time we get on we talk about this but it's like when I was covering 2012 that defensive line was so horrific it made life so so hard on three guys who were on James Morris and Christian Kirksey and Anthony Hitchens three guys who are currently in the NFL like I think Morris is still in the NFL I think so it's like things could have been even better you know, for that group of linebackers, um, if they just didn't have, I don't want to name, you know, somebody, like I said, the, the lean sack guy, I'm pretty sure on the defensive line that year, I had three and a half sacks. You know, it's just uh, mind blowing. And that's because Kirksey and Morris had uh, offensive linemen giving the second level every single play up in their face. So they just had no, no chance to make the plays that they, they were capable of making. And I, and I just don't see that happening this year. I just don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's... There are a lot of intriguing guys. I guess is that, that to, to me, that's ultimately what it comes down to. I trust Iowa to, to, to figure it out. But there's also enough of a body of work with Phil, with the defensive line coaches as constructed, that, oh, maybe it's just more than guys who can do their job. So what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, like I mean, Yahweh Black, like isn't he? I mean, he's a freak athlete at defensive tackle, and Iowa just lost a freak athlete from defensive tackle in Nixon, and to have someone like Black pushing three hundred pounds, just a a complete mountain of a man, but also, you know. Pretty quick for his size. I, I know that he was one of the guys that um, I think Polisek was fighting to get on on uh, the defensive, or excuse me, the offensive line a couple years ago, and Phil Parker won that one. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think he could be just the next star on this defensive line, even though Van Valkenburg. All Big Ten guy, Literally, I mean, he's a star.
0: Uh, that's what I mean. There's enough. I think there's enough guys spread around on this entire defense between the defensive line, the linebackers, and the secondary to really cover up any mistakes that we might find elsewhere. So, I'm I'm just not ready to poke holes in this defense and uh, this in this roster construction until until Indiana. Oh yeah, I am
1: I'm definitely okay. Then let's let's not look for for uh what is it? Um moles on on the face of Cindy
0: Crawford. Well, that is a new one for me.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I am I am uh I mean that's that's a, that's a little bit of a an old poll to be honest. Um but then so we touched on that. Do we want to talk about receivers at all or or do you think you you feel comfortable with
0: your piece there? I feel good too. It's I'm gonna go back to what I said just a week ago. It's, um, uh, I'm scared about their – like I said they're all lifted at six six feet I think across the board, yeah. which means they're all five ten or five eleven, which is fine. Tyrone Tracy, he, I mean, I, well, you we can talk about what he said. You know, I think somebody might have even been our girl. Um, Leah Van asked oh, yeah, um, what Tyrone, what you know, what Tyrone Tracy thinks about. Amir Smith-Marset, definite NFL guy, and Brandon Smith, fringe NFL guy, how does that make him feel? And he said that makes him think he's an NFL guy, which is great. Um, if Tyrone Tracy can be I, – I think he's a much different player than Brandon Smith, but if he can be – I think there's a little bit more similarities between him and Amir Smith-Marset if he can be a fraction of a player ISM was, then that, that's great. I think you know Tyrone Tracy – I think about the Northwestern game a couple years ago. Yeah. I, I think about a handful of other moments where, you know, I think his problem is he was playing on the same field as Amir Smith, Marset, and Brandon Smith. As part of his problem, now he's an unborn guy, so I'm, that really excites me. I'm really, really high on Charlie Jones. I'm really, really high. Nico Reganey. Again, his problem with him is was he was playing on the same field as the aforementioned NFL guys. So, I'm really excited to see what they can do. And then if Bruce or Johnson can break through, uh, so so be it. And then I, at this point, I'm kind of considering the tight end, wide receiver position at Iowa because that's how it's how it's yeah. working out. So, uh, again, uh, I'm I'm feeling good about the talent between um, Laporta. And Lashy Lachey, and then unfortunately, it looks, sounds like tight end three got in some trouble this weekend. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean,
1: Desiree so, me even.
0: It's so early. Where if you know, it was a junior, a senior, it'd be one thing. But he is he a sophomore or or is he or is this his first year at campus? I don't even know. I think he
1: was a redshirt freshman last year, so it's his I mean, third year on campus.
0: Definitely not a junior, so.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean kids fine. make mistakes. Like it sounded like he was being a smartass from reading it, and then it escalated. And you know, thankfully, he spent a night in the jail cell or whatever and slept it off, and learn learn your lesson. Take the single game suspension, since that's exactly what Kirk France is going to give him, um, and be better for it.
0: And it, was he twenty one?
1: No, it was an underage, mm-hmm. I believe. Tough. Yeah. I believe but In some ways My it's favorite, better. Though.
0: What? In some ways it's even better though. Oh, to not be twenty one? Yeah. At least oh, yeah. From, from an Iowa football standpoint, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean it's the game it's it's always gonna be the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean there's The question mark on on offense is like you said it's to, we'll find out a lot about it on Saturday. <laughs> that's the lesson from, from that, to be honest. hmm hmm Um, so Ben, we have, uh. Is Saturday the is spring
0: th- game? Is that why, is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, so it's the first open and practice. And that's two. the other
0: thing, too, is like, the Iowa spring game is the least spring game, spring game of all spring games. So it's lucky. like we can watch the the quarterbacks make passes with our own eyes. Yeah, I guess. I remember the one spring gram I went to, like Damon Bullock looked like, looked like the next um Jewel Hampton, or whoever you want to say, which I guess isn't that great of a comparison <laughs> in retrospect, but you know, it's just how it goes in RIP Damon Bullock. So
1: interesting Damon Bullock thing. I was looking back through it and I was blown away because I had this hot. I thought this hot take was going to gain traction on Twitter because it was a good take. It was Greg Davis was right to overindex on recruiting wide receivers because you go back and you look at that 2012 um, Iowa football roster, and it is incredible the like lack of production that they had. From the wide receiver position in 2012.
0: I talked about this last week. The leading receiver had like 300 yards. It was Keenan Davis, right?
1: Uh, no, it was Kevante Martin Manley. Keenan Davis had, they both had exactly 571. But like Keenan Davis was a senior. Um, Kevante Martin Man- Manley was like the first slot receiver. But then Damon Bullock, he had. Uh, 18 receptions for 167 yards and 500 yards rushing. I'm like, man, I did not remember he moved, him having such a strong...
0: He was he was recruited as a receiver. He moved to running back out of necessity. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, you look at his...
1: Oh, and he was injured in 2014, right? That's what that drop-off was. I, don't know he, if I mean, he was, a, he was a good guy. He was a good a good back in 2012 and 2013. Yeah, um, it was fine. Multifaceted. So, but he Wells, was, uh, I guess my point was, he was the fifth leading, um, no, excuse me, the fourth leading receiver in terms of um, receptions. And on that team, he had the, you're not going to believe this, the third most touchdowns behind uh Mark Weissman at nine and James Vandenberg at four. What a year. What a so year 2012 was.
0: Was that with Jacob Hillier on that team too? Uh oh, I got rid of that tab. Um I'm I'm over it. So what was I saying was it must have been the twenty thirteen season or twenty fourteen season where the lean receiver had like three hundred yards? Is what I yes. what I had was so my tirade last week was how we had an NFL quarterback on the roster and the leading receiver had under 400 yards receiving. And that was also a team that had George Kittle on it too. So it must've been 2014.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my God. 2013, it was 388 yards. Yeah, that was it. Incredible.
0: Yeah. It's like truly unbelievable. I, it it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm, and you go back, but like you
1: look. You look at these receivers from 2012, 2013, 2014, and it's like,
0: my god, who who's gonna do any? Who's you, gonna you, catch you, the ball? You gonna come across? Have you come across Don Trumpert yet? Where I think 2012 were we were shifts yeah. passing in the night. Yeah, my friends, bummer. Um, I mean, and so it that just tells you how how the program has progressed, I guess, and the same time, you know, the rushing numbers are down, but I think who knows for how long with Goodson, with, with, with Goodson. And then, you know, we had the, the Wadley, LaShawn Daniels here and the Kenziri mixed in there too. It's like the, we, we can lament God, and I'm not apologizing for anything. It's like, we can lament brainference learning on the fly, but it's like objectively, you know, the offense has gotten better, but unfortunately offenses across the board have gotten better. So our 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 uh, being great on our curve, it's not going super well.
1: Yeah, I mean here's here's a take that I've been muddling because you look at last year and Iowa averaged thirty one points per game and I'm not gonna even be a dick about taking out the defense and special teams touchdowns. They averaged thirty one points per game. Good number, but and we talk about oh this was this was without Spencer Petrus having the full spring. Well, no one in the country had a full spring, and Iowa was one of a handful of teams. And Petrus the only
0: two full springs prior. <laughs> yeah, and spring.
1: like exactly, and I and and Iowa was the one team that didn't deal with COVID things at all. Um, Northwestern was another, I guess, because they, they, their cancellation was not a function of them, but how much did Iowa benefit from being locked in, in a way that other teams weren't? And that's an angle I'm not sure people are thinking about because we're all like, oh, here's how Iowa didn't benefit from the situation last year. How, but how did Iowa benefit? Because relatively speaking, I think they benefited a lot. You know, especially like you look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin really didn't want to play football by the end of the year. Um, and, or by the end of the Big Ten season, they beat Wake in the bowl. But um, I just think that there were, there were puts and takes that are not being discussed in terms of, well, you know, maybe Iowa was in okay shape relative to the rest of the rest of the um, their schedule, I guess I don't know I maybe it's a bad take, but I I, I thought about it.
0: I think that dog hunts.
1: <laughs> so Ben we have I guess about five minutes and we didn't talk about any food or beverages. From this
0: past weekend, was there anything that you wanted to, to hit on? Yeah, there is. I uh, tried a new Toppling Goliath beer called the Mosey India Pale Ale. I'm drinking it right now, and I think it's excellent. I think it's very, very good. It's obvious every every good Toppling Goliath beer I think has a hint of pseudo Sue in it, which is fine. I get it. I think it's because of the Mosaic hops. Um, that are in this, but this is a new one from Top and Goliath, I haven't seen it before highly recommend it, other than that I don't think I ate, I've been eating so, I typically try and keep a really clean diet Monday through Friday, ideally Monday through Saturday and I've just been like Christmas level like holiday levels of indulging um, for this entire week uh, haven't been working out either I don't feel good about it I tried my first – I got my new number one favorite dessert, store-bought dessert I've ever had. Um, Diana's chocolate-covered frozen banana. Mm. It's it's the best. I I ate three on Sunday. Incredible. They're they're so good. They're half bananas, but yeah, I can't. Have you had one? No, but
1: my mom's name is Diana, Mm. and – Randomly, from years back,
0: she has a Diana's Bananas. That's exactly what it. I think it's a Chicago company, actually.
1: Ah, interesting.
0: So, yeah, um, but highly recommend that. Other than that, I also bought oranges for like, the first time in forever, and I ate three. I, I, my diet on Sunday. <laughs> three bananas, three chocolate-covered frozen bananas, three oranges, and... It might be all I ate. I think I had a fro- I had a frozen pizza. Yeah,
1: incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned oranges, and I feel like one. We need to do
0: a citrus in cocktails power ranking. Well, I bought I them. That- I bought them because I was trying to make Negronis on the week over the weekend, and so literally I went to oh. like my <laughs> my grocery store. I think it's like. Two oranges. My regular grocery store. It's not. It's good, nice produce, but it's not very cheap. And then, pretty sure it's like two, probably two or three oranges for a dollar. And then I went to Aldi, and it was literally a sack of eight oranges for a dollar eighty. It's like I'm gonna buy. I bought these, even though I only needed one. But it was just sort of a (laughs) out of out of principle type of deal for me, and so. Like, I used two oranges for Negronis over the weekend and was left with six oranges. And now I've got three right here. I'll have one for breakfast in the morning and then compost the other two. But, yeah, that's that. Um, Negronis stink, by the way. Worst, uh, amazingly bad cocktail. I cannot get over it. Horrible. Who would drink that? So, insane. So, you, what didn't you like about it? The... Because it's apérol, right? The sweet vermouth. It's Campari, sweet vermouth. I I don't mind. I think apérol. I think apérol. This conversation, apérol is is a much better cousin to Campari. And then the sweet vermouth is Martini Rosso. I had to dump the bottle. I had to throw away the bottle because looking at it, the smell of it made me want to vomit. And then the gin, gin is fine.
1: I recently got a sweet vermouth. I made sure it was not the Martina Rosso one. I'll have to send you the brand because I'm not trying this again. So I don't, ca- I don't care. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm. Here's my summer goal: is to one, I have to find the frickin' British lemonade. It's not lemonade as we know it. It is like Sprite but without the lime. It is delicious, and I'm trying to track that down. Because Do you know the I brand? Ben I don't know it all. I don't know it all. I <laughs> bought San Pellegrino limonata um, for like 20 bucks. It's so expensive online 24 pack so yeah, you got it yeah it average it, it averages out. but that's fine. it's not what I want because I want to I want to nail Pim's cup. I want to figure out how to have the right pim's cup for my summer because that's all I want to drink is pim's cup. And so that's why I have sweet vermouth. The but you sweet can, vermouth is actually pretty good.
0: You can make a fine. Oh, so and that's the brand you're telling me because I would not use. Is sweet vermouth going to Pim's cup? Because I would not use this. for, And I love Pim's cups. And you maybe want to get one. So I need to buy some Pim's. What else is in a Pim's cup? I feel like it's a Long Island iced tea of Great Britain.
1: Yeah, so it's basically gin, sweet vermouth, and orange liqueur. They recommend Grand Marnier, the recipe that I have. What's wrong with Cointreau? Because I have so much Cointreau. I think it's because you want a, you want a darker color. No, I don't care about the pims. So I, I'm I'm pro Cointreau as well. Um, but I went ahead and got some Grand Marnier. Um, and then it's ginger beer. Ginger beer is fine, I think, and it's actually pretty good. But
0: I think it's bad by itself. London meal, Dublin meal, whatever. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. So when you add in the um, the cheater's cup or whatever they call it, the pims plus the ginger beer, it works. But I want to find. Are you not supposed to use pims?
0: Are you not supposed to use pims in a real pims cup?
1: I'm in northwest Arkansas, Ben, as Mister meant blocker hawk has mentioned we i bring up arkansas all the time yeah. northwest arkansas and i i haven't been able to find pims here i think it's a strictly british like it's not imported unless you are you serious have
0: some... i've got i've seen Pimple you have in a America. back channel and every liquor store i've been to the liquor store i worked at at benny's in chicago they got it pims is not you can easily find pims anywhere
1: Okay, wine I'm like shocked. I'm shocked
0: to hear the big box store, dude. A total wine will have pimps. I guarantee it.
1: I don't have a total wine, Ben.
0: Like that's what I'm telling you, dude. Even Trader Joe's. I bet is there Trader Joe's? By I you? don't have
1: Trader Joe's. Oh ben. my god! You know, the company,
0: you know the company I work for <laughs> and who owns this this it, town. You're right. You're right. So God, That is it's sad. Um, In Arkansas's liquor laws. Oh, that's another thing too. Well, maybe I'll I'll mail you a bottle. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so, a cheater's cup. That's interesting. So, I'm look at the recipe now. So, my Sunday activity was supposed to. It didn't happen for lots of reasons. I've been wanting to make homemade limoncello. Limoncello. Ooh. And it's like pretty it's not easy because you have to peel a shit ton of lemons. You have to peel them a particular way and you need a particular kind of lemon. And I'm, I, I actually made some calls up to some produce stores in Chicago about, yeah, you're supposed to use pims in a pims cup. Um, Oh, then there's, you didn't re- tell me that there's a bunch of fresh mint and strawberry and orange and lemon in this too. And cucumber. Yeah, you can
1: do it whatever you want. I just did the cu- cu- cucumber cucumber, cucumber. Pepino, my favorite uh, mm. Spanish word. Oh, wait,
0: the Gatorade Pepino?
1: Yeah, Pepino Limon. That's, that's... It's cucumber lemon,
0: yeah, or lime. Yeah, yes. <laughs> or no, it'd be lemon. Oh my god, I'd no, remember. No, cu- would... cucumber lime. Lima is lime, limon lemon. Uh, right? Okay. <laughs> um, <All right. laughs> i had a, a roommate who swore by P- limon pepino for hangovers and i thought he was incorrect um but back to the limoncello i've uh, that's something i want to do but you have to buy like 30 lemons and wait two weeks and then yep. um, buy buy 10 more lemons if you want to make it the right way uh, to do the the real lemon sugar and some and then I was reading oh, yeah. somebody and then you know Chicago's all Italian families and then somewhere saying you need to get a certain kind of lemon and oh there's only one market that sells this kind of lemons are like forty five dollars a pound, not that much, but it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but it's a type of lemon where I can't remember the name where you can eat the rind like an apple. like the lemons are huge, like twice the size of a conventional lemon. And you could you bite, you bite can bite into them the same way you bite into an apple. And that's the kind, that's of, the kind of lemon. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, but there's a video of it. I can send it to you. And that's the kind of lemon you're supposed to use. And we probably won't be doing that. I'm going to probably just going to f- fly down to Costco because I got the cheap vodka, too, <laughs> I want to use to make it. Because um, I was reading online that... Y- For people like me, as in, let's say, seasoned drinkers would want to use Everclear for it. But I don't think I want to. I want to have a speed-tasty little treat. Uh, So I'm just going to use regular 80-proof vodka. And that's my piece.
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, one I've seen is a hundred proof, but yeah, eighty proof. Just keep it keep it simple.
0: Well, I can't find a hundred proof vodka. I don't. Oh know yeah, and you those. probably just
1: have to to live with um uh what's it called? Live live with Smirnoff.
0: Well, now Kirkland vodka came out with an even cheaper one that I noticed so it was like thirteen dollars for a tower handle. So I'm gonna ride with that. Oh wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Well. I think that's it. I have a crying baby in the background. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so you saw him. Just <laughs> no. I said sorry. That was me. <laughs> oh, oh, no no no. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Um, but another good pants party, Ben. Uh, Always before, is. So, so I think that uh, we'll go ahead and see how this worked out. See if anyone watches the stream. I that's, would be blown away if they actually did. But
0: I'm I'm glad we moved Top Shot to the front today. But I think next time we should. Have it at the back, back end for your next open. Except we've got to make people wait for the. Oh, you're right.
1: You're right. Yeah. We can do that. We can do that next time. We can do that next time. So, mm-hmm. um, for Ben Ross, for myself, Harrison Star, go Hawks.
0: Limoncello.